This is episode 24 of What's the Deal, Grosseal, the podcast exploring the people, places, history, and events that make Grosseal unique. I'm your host, Ben Fote. If there's one thing that combines the unique people, places, and history of this island, it's a particular event, Island Fest. One of the big, early disappointments of 2020 was that the coronavirus didn't stop spreading as quickly as we'd hoped, and events like Island Fest had to be canceled in June. Now that seems a bit silly in retrospect, but, but we really didn't know. Island Fest is certainly unique in our region. We get to be host to the earliest outdoor celebration and earliest fireworks display downriver. The community turns out and our neighboring communities also show up for the party. My parents even usually come up from Columbus. I was sure that we'd be putting Island Fest on the back burner one more year, but no, it's happening. June 4th, 5th, and 6th. Let's hear more. Well, if you've ever been to Island Fest or Paint the Town Red or almost any of Grossiel's social functions, you either know or know of my guest today. Chad Novak has been a key part of the fun parts of being on Grossiel for decades. Thank you for sharing the stories of Island Fest with me, Chad. Absolutely, Ben. I'm excited to be here and, and talk about old things, new things, and, and things for in the future. Well, let's start with the most common question on social media. A lot of people are moving to the island and they're asking on Grosseal Now and probably other places, what is the basic idea behind Island Fest? Well, Island Fest started, I want to say it was in the early 80s, the 1980s at Westcroft Gardens and it was called Azalea Festival. The whole event was based around the blooms of the azaleas and the rhododendrons. My good friend, Denise Duosay, whose nephew Kyle runs the farms now, along with his amazing crew, Erica, and the whole gang down there. So it started there. They had like small things like a maypole dance that I've never been part of a maypole dance, but <laughs> I know the whole image and all that. And they did little things like that. Around 1984, the event moved to Macomb Street to better utilize the property and, and the size of the event because it was growing and growing. And that's where the parade came in and and we would go around and we plug in bouncy houses to businesses and homes with their their outdoor areas and it was it was mostly just a one day event then you know it wasn't the whole 3 days and then over the course until at about 1999 they moved to the airport where it became Island Fest because for one we can't shut down the business district Macomb Street that's a Wayne County issue Two, you can't put fireworks down there in the business district and you get rides and beverage tents. And, and the hangar was more conducive for vendors because they're out of the elements for three days. You know, yeah. I get comments about Thunderfest and Waterfest and all that Mudfest. Well, that, that early June, that can be that can be trouble. Absolutely. So, you know, it's like things change in a Michigan minute. You know, everything that we've gone through in the past year. With the the COVID and the challenges, makes it even more challenging. Uh, bridges being closed. This is the second Island Fest where we have not had the Wayne County Free Bridge to use. You know, we're utilizing the toll bridge. So there's a lot of challenges with that, with weight restrictions and overloads. And I, and I get it. I get it. And I just want the public to know that we're doing our best. It's a small group of people that make this huge event happen. So, but in a nutshell, Azalea Fest, because, of, and it happened, it was in early May that they used to do the Azalea Festival. Sure. I had people say, oh, 
You know, we always try to make it after Memorial Weekend. We have contracts with the fireworks company and the parade. I mean, I'm sorry, the fireworks company and the carnival for three years. So we have to have set dates. There were a couple of years where it was at the end of May, but the original Azalea Festival was when the roadies and azaleas were in bloom, and that was in the early spring. So Sure. And going back to that 1999, that was about the time the township took over the airport property, correct? It was. And that is when Tony Krakowski and John Rathal, he was, uh, they were like the festival chairman and, and group that uh, moved the event down there. So, you know, you get people in the community that say, oh, we want it on Macomb Street and, and this and that and keep the vendors and the crafters on Macomb Street and keep the rise in the beer at the hangar at the airport. But the majority of the people are where that beer chat and those rides are. And that's where the vendors and crafters want to be to make their money. So Absolutely. that leads us into the Paint the Town Red, which was a conception to do over homecoming weekend tied in with the Go Red, Go Big Red Brazil, and give the Macomb Street businesses and the community something on Macomb Street in the fall. And that usually happens around the first weekend of October, whenever homecoming weekend is. Sure. So, And I'm sure that if somebody wanted to restart the Azalea Festival, they probably could. They absolutely could. It, it's a lot of work. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't, like I said, it's a very small group of people doing this big Absolutely. event. Uh, I'm not going to ask you to do it. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I got my hands full. I do a lot That's on the home street. I know the business, most of the business owners and, you sure. know, we've, uh, we've worked together on a lot of things and there's a good amount of them. They have the parade on Macomb street every year, that Saturday morning at 10 AM, let the businesses shine, let the, the restaurants and bars have specials and, and, and the real estate people pass out popcorn or balloons. And, you know, the, the ideas are endless. Yeah. I get a lot of phone calls about what can I help recommend or be involved because no matter how big some, or how small a problem is for somebody, it's the biggest thing to them. And I get that. There's a lot of hand holding to this process. Absolutely. Well, we, we sort of merged into, into this next area, which is the different parts of Island Fest. We talked about the parade a little bit. Let's, let's talk about that since it's, it's sort of a separate area. Well, I, I think what a lot of people don't know is that par a parade like that and all parades, they cost money to do. This parade runs about $3,000, which the DDA, which is the Downtown Development Authority, they have graciously the past couple of years picked up the bill for that. Because when you have the Shriners and the Lancers, they come in with those little mini cars they drive and the big bicycles and stuff. They have to pay to keep those uh, their uniforms and those cars and those bikes and stuff clean and shiny and, and looking good. So they ask for, I don't know if the donation is the right word, because it's anywhere from $400 to $700 per group. So it does cost to have a parade. We had some sketchy stuff happen a couple of years ago, and we learned our lesson, and we will... Uh, we tweaked our festival parade applications somewhat where things that are allowed and aren't allowed, you know, people want to, people always want to give their opinions and that's fine. You know, I'm all, I'm all here, but, but I take it to heart when people are start getting saying silly things. So, um, but yeah, the parade is always at Saturday morning. We line up at nine 45 at the high school parade leaves at 10, 10, 15. It goes down Gray's drive to East river, goes South to Macomb street up Macomb and it disperses at Macomb and Meridian. So, and we, I'm so excited to say this year, we actually have the high school marching band back in. Excellent. Because they had to skip homecoming last year and everything. So we just got the go ahead from their band director today. 
we have a couple of the, the liners and transfers, uh, the, the Shriners that I mentioned earlier. We have a couple, uh, do I dare say political groups? Cause you know, they're, well, it's, yeah. yeah, you know, it is. You always, it get, is. You always get the co- politicians and the convertibles are marching yeah. with their, their fans. So they gotta, they gotta do somebody besides pass out pencils. So, I mean, a little kid, Oh my goodness, a pencil. I'm so excited. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah. And uh, what else do we have? I I, I want to leave a few surprises. We have yeah. some surprises in the parade. And, of course, the Island Fest float that myself and Wendy Kearney and some kids will be on. Wendy is, like, above and beyond for community, you know, involvement. She's our secretary for festival and the Recreation Commission, which the Recreation Commission is pretty much running this event this year. And, and that's how I like it is that recreation is uh, so involved. And I want to give a shout-out to Kim O'Farrell, our awesome rec director. She's been here for four years now and she hits the ground running. She's not afraid to get her hands dirty and then go home, put on some lipstick and look like a million bucks, you know, <laughs> so she'll be in the parade too, but I'm not sure we're at, but we've got some surprises. And, and um, once again, that's Saturday, June 5th at 10 a.m. on Macomb street in the business district. All right. Be there or, uh, or you're going to miss. Yes. You'll see, you'll see the videos on the news. That's the thing. We always get uh, someone, we don't want to be put behind the horses. If you have horses in the parade, we don't want to be behind the <laughs> Then be nice. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We're going to put you behind the horses. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, since since we're talking about that, applications are due May or uh, May 15th, This um, or I'm sorry, May 14th. This episode comes out on May 13th. We're so pushing it back a week. Oh, are we? Okay. Yeah. So, so a- if you're listening to the podcast, you want to be in the parade. If you have an organization that wants to be in the parade, a business, or for that matter, we'll, we'll talk about sponsorships later too. But but get on that now. You know, write write yourself a note. Take take a moment. Write a note and uh, and get your application in. Um, I would say May 28th at the latest. That because okay. it's a week to process it. Because then um, our girls at the recreation department they send uh, a confirmation letter and it has the lineup in the parade where they're going to fall into place. And there'll be uh, volunteers at the school lining up the people where they need to be in the parade. So, all right. So just get it get it in as soon as you can. So yes. So that's what happens on Macomb Street, but the the main event is is down at the airport. It so is. Let's start with I think I think the biggest attraction, at least for for uh, families with kids, is the Midway. The Midway that is yeah. Sturbeck Family Carnival. They have been with us for many years now. I've got a good rapport with the owners of that company due to bridges. And this breaks my heart to say it, but we can't get a lot of the big rides over this year. So it will be a downsized carnival. There will be kid brought kitty rides. We might have like the scrambler and the tilt a whirl and why I know these things I don't, but, uh, <laughs> and there's a couple of classic things that they're bringing too, but I won't have that information until the end of the week. But if they keep following brazilislandfest.com, and I'm on all kinds of social media platforms. They can get all the updates there. And the key is that there will be something. Yes, there will be rides there. Which and there, we I haven't had in a long time. Well, in 2019, we had a big carnival. And, right. and that's where, uh, you know, a lot of the, that's something for the teenagers a lot too. Should the little kids like, and some of us older people, but it gives something for the teens to do for 25 bucks. You know, they can ride all day. We are going to be adjusting the daily wristband price because of the limited rides this year. So that's a good thing. But yeah, the LED lights and the smells from the deep fried dough. What are those called? 
uh, oh, the elephant ears or the oh, funnel yeah, cakes? I knew you know that. Yeah, 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 that was a question. Oh, you now, know, I'm a mobile food vendor <laughs> at heart, so. Oh, good. Well, so yeah, there'll be all kinds of good things. So yeah, the carnival will be there. Last year, or I'm sorry, in 2019, we moved it out to the airport runway because for years and years it was in that grassy area. Mm-hmm. And so many times the rain would come in and those trucks would be stuck for days trying to pull out and, 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 you know, so with the new three-year contract, it's with the stipulation that they are out on the runway. We're trying to accommodate new pathways out there that are handicap accessible. You know, we're trying to do our best, you know, moving forward with this. So there will be something out there. Maybe, well, we're bringing in another music tent for the teenagers too, but we can touch on that in a minute. Sure, sure. We sort of bled over to to the uh, the food uh, the food court, if you will. Yes. So, uh, how many fo- how many food vendors show up? Well, we have we usually limit it to seven to nine. We have six this year, and I can tell you exactly who they are. One is uh, Maria, that's Evie's mom. Hey, girl, and she <laughs> does the great euros and, and the Greek foods and stuff. We have Mr. G's concessions. He does like stuffed pizzas and um, burgers and that. We have Frank, who is our amazing French fry guy. So he will be there with the French fries and the butter, butterfly chips. And we have two new ones that I'm going to just hold off and let people come down and check those out themselves. So excellent. Excellent. That's not part of the carnival. That's the food vendors that are up right. around the entertainment tent. Yes. All right. And, yeah. and so that also leads to the entertainment tent then. So you said two tents this year? Yes. The big main tent that's on the south side of the hangar, which is the water side has been downsized. It's usually 160 by 60. This year, it's 100 feet by 60 feet. Friday night, we have 50 amp fuse starting at 8 p.m., which is a, they're a huge draw. Everybody loves 50 amp, classic rock and roll, top 40, pop, all that. And then Saturday night for the fireworks show, we have Phoenix Theory is the headliner for that night. And then Sunday for the afternoon from 1 to 3, we have Groziel's own Holland Mercy with Andrew Johnson and company. Sunday, one to three. Excellent. But if I could, I would like to give a shout out to some of the other things that are going on in that big tent. Absolutely. Uh, let me get to my notes here. I don't want to forget anybody. <laughs> All right, here we go. Well, I can tell you for sure, Saturday at 12.30, 12.30 to 1.30, we have open book theatrical, per- theatrical performances. That's oh, just to use. That's Krista Eubanks' group. They uh, they performed at Paint the Town Red last year. And yeah, and Krista talked to us about about uh, Boar's Head Festival in December. Sure. Then, so Saturday at 1230 is the open book theatrical performance. From 2 to 4, we have something new called the Groziel Islanders Part 2 Talent Showcase. That's Pam Frucci and Linda Stanko. They are redoing the Islanders, which was a theater performing group for decades and decades and decades. It kind of dwindled down a couple of years ago. So they're trying to make a go of it. And they are doing a talent showcase from two to four on Saturday. Then at 8 p.m. Saturday night, Phoenix Theories takes the stage. At 10 p.m., the fireworks start. That's a busy day on that stage. Talk about the fire. Well, we used to use two stages, the West Stage and the East Stage. We're just right. going to use the uh, East Stage this this year because we used to do the jazz of Palouse and all that. It, it's just a lot of time and, and involvement for that. Yeah. So, But the fireworks, uh, 10 p.m. Saturday night, for an additional cost, you can go on the sponsorship page at Island Fest.com, and it's $60 for adults, $20 for kids. 
It's a special menu. The gates open at 7 p.m. The food and adult beverages, which are beer and wine, are from 7.30 to 9.30. And then and you have special seating for the fireworks. You can sit anywhere you'd like to watch the fireworks, but if you would like your own special porta potty and your own catered food and a couple beverages, look at GrozilleIslandFest.com and click on the sponsor tab. There's custom sponsorships. There's, like I said, the, the regular tickets are just $60. Robert Sawyer's Grotto Restaurant over in Trenton. Yeah. Used hey, to be Robert. really close. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All the way down the bridge. He's doing the catering this year. We've used the Roundhouse in the past in different places. And so uh, the Grotto got the gig this year. We're real excited. I know with Robert's name on that, he will be top notch to take care of these wonderful people that pull sponsorships or purchase the tickets individually. Yeah. And uh, I, I mentioned to you before that that my family, when when the fireworks come around, we like to actually park in the parking in the parking lot north of Grow. And watch, you know, we can we can do a we can do a tailgate out there, and I, I recommend that. Not a lot of people do that, but you got to be safe. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of traffic going through there. We want to remind people to have patience, be courteous, and just you know, I have a good amount of friends that are on our police and fire departments, and uh, some of them are like, "Oh, Island Fest, none of us have it off. We all got to work," but they all say it with a smile on their face and. And we just want to remind people there will be crosswalks in front of the pilot house on Grow Road. There will be floodlights. There will be a huge flashing sign down on Meridian directing traffic. We used to do a soccer tournament that was wonderful. And hopefully we'll get to do that again next year, the same week as Island Fest. But yeah, be a lot of traffic. Yeah, a little patience goes a long <laughs> way. And, and we really appreciate that. Well, so, and if you live on the island, you don't have that far to go. Right, exactly. It can take an hour to get out of there. I mean, right. I'm not two minutes down that road, but it's, uh, yeah, just everybody needs to be patient. I don't expect we're going to draw huge 15,000 people on a Saturday night, which they estimated one year we did that. They, I don't know how they do it. They flew a drone over the parking lot where the sports fields are and everything. Yeah. And they estimated two and a half or three people per car. They times that by how many cars, and they came up with almost 15,000 people. So you wow. try to get those people going home at 10, 30, 11 o'clock. There's going to be some congestion, you know, right. but it's going to be an amazing show. Everybody needs to keep going to that grossisislandfest.com. Check out. We've got some very generous sponsors this year, and we're still looking for them. That's right. We'll, we'll definitely we'll talk about that here in a bit. But All let's right. first talk about the exhibition. Um, so so we've got an exhibition hall, or are probably tents outside this year too. Well, we have the um, the vendors are allowed in the hangar. The new the COVID rules they change every couple of days. There there's a new thing, you know, here and there. Thirty people, three hundred people, a thousand people, and a twenty. So as of now, we we have maybe fifteen people inside the hangar. There was one year we had 106 and that got a little crazy. And you can go to that grozilleislandfest.com and you click on the exhibitor app and you can fill the forms out there. Obviously, if you need electricity or you want a corner spot, we're, we're pretty uh, lenient this year of how we're doing things. You know, I mean, uh, so they can fill that out. I think one thing that I really would like to get across to this conversation too, Ben, is that in 1999, this township was giving $35,000 to that festival, and it was coming in $35,000 in the red, you know? Sure. Past, past four or five years since I've been chairman, and I'm not tooting my own horn, but 
that event actually makes some revenue to flip over for the following year. After that $35,000, a couple of years later, it went down to 25 to 20,000 to 15,000. I think five years ago, it went to $2,500 that we were getting from the township. And then three years ago, the township cut all funding for that event. Hmm. There were two areas that got funding cut, and one of them was festival. That being, you know, we're trying to be fiscally responsible. And I know people go down there and they spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars between the carnival and the food and the vendors and the crafters and just having a good time, the beer tents and everything. But let's remember, this event is some of the biggest money makers for our local nonprofits and organizations. But that being said, we get zero funding from the township to do this event. It's all done on sponsorships, volunteer work, et cetera, et cetera. So I just wanted to put that out there. I know some of our higher ups, they cringe when I say that, but it's like, People got to know. They come up to me, oh, Chad, I've spent a fortune down there. Well, thank you. We appreciate that. But all in all, we're lucky if we can pay for porta potties the next year. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely look at that sponsorship. Absolutely. What kind of sponsorships are available? Oh, I knew you were going to throw this at me. Um, I have a packet right here, and I can tell you. Of course, we have different levels, like the gold, bronze, and platinum. And then we can do a custom sponsorship for your business or a person itself. And and all these forms are available on the website on grossyleilonfest.com. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, for like, oh, you can't see. That's right. We're on Zoom, but this is going to be a podcast. That's um, right. Sure. Yeah. We have anything from a wall of fame sponsor for a hundred dollars. A patron sponsor is two fifty. It comes with two VIP tickets for special seating and you get a shout out on our social media. So everything from the $250 ones up to the 5,000, they're all included. They all have social media postings. They all have some level of VIP tickets included. We could quit doing the banners because that got really crazy. Oh, and then if you go with the $1,500 and up, it comes with a 10 by 10 uh, vendor space inside the marketplace to promote your business or organization. This year, it's going to be every 30 feet, we will have a vendor space. So not 30 feet big, but every 30 feet, there'll be a different vendor because of the COVID restrictions. So yeah, like I said, they can look on there and... Or they can call 734-675-2364. All right. And we'll make sure to have that in the episode notes too. Yeah. We talked about some things costing money. So the the festival itself is free, right? Correct. You know, the past few years, uh, some of the commissioners and some other people said, well, why don't you try to make revenue by charging for parking? As long as I'm the chairman or involved with this, I'm never going to bring up that chair, you know, charge for parking. I, I think that's absurd. First of all, there's so many entrances back to that parking space. We have trouble getting volunteers to just help direct traffic in and out of there. So to have somebody with a little change purse on their belt or something and trying to, you know, sell spots for parking, I just don't see it. What is there to make a couple bucks? That's, and I'm the type that I think if we can afford it and put it in a budget, there shouldn't be additional charges for things when you walk in someplace. The helicopters, yes. The helicopters is a private entity that's max flight owned by Ken Tarter. And, you know, the rides start at $35 per person. They go up from the back of the tent behind the hangar. They fly around the south end of the island and go up a little bit. And uh, then they come back down. It's a really unique experience. I'd rather be on a ride than a helicopter, but I've done the helicopter ride twice. And it's pretty cool. I mean, just to take the kids or mom and dad or grandma and grandpa or anybody, just yourself, to go up in those helicopter rides, $35 per person. 
and they started that. And, and before to- before the the post hit Facebook, that is a helicopter that's going all day on yes. that weekend. <laughs> yes, it starts like at noon and it goes till dusk. Of course, um, you can book those uh, helicopters down here at the airport for private events, and they'll fly up and to Detroit and uh, around the city and different areas, but. That's through Max Flight and the owner's Ken Tarter. But yeah. So, he, so this is a good good chance to to preview that, see what it's like. Absolutely. Excellent. It gives you a little butterflies in your belly, though, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes they'll take off and do a whole sideways turn. You're like, hmm. But once <laughs> you get up there, it's so quiet and so peaceful. Yeah. Everyone has their headphones on and it's really cool. It's a cool experience. So yeah. So everything, everything that is like the, everything on the stages, all the exhibitors, everything's free unless yes. you want to buy something to eat, drink, or take home. Correct. Or ride a helicopter. <laughs> yeah, that's right. right. Yeah. And, and we'll, I, we'll get prices. I'm sure prices for the, the, the rides won't be out by this week. No, they're on the website. Oh, I mean, no, as far as, as far as what the wristbands are going to cost. Those are on the website too, but oh, are we- they? Okay. with Kerbic family and we are probably going to do a price adjustment yeah it's like okay. 20 bucks friday and sunday and then it's 25 on saturday to ride all day but like i said with missing a good amount of those big rides it's okay. gonna be, yeah which will lead me to my next thing i'm going to talk about is the techno tent oh yeah and like i said we've been trying to find something for the teenagers to do a couple of years ago we were just we decided we were going to bring in tandem truckloads of sand and throw them down at the airport in the parking lot and i thought it was a great idea somebody sponsored the sand so it didn't cost anything of course we had some pilots that were him and han about oh my goodness that sand's gonna get in my wheel and you walk in that hangar ben and there's kitty litter soaking up oil you know i'm not yeah. saying but it's true so you know, you get around some of those crotchety old pilots, and my brother's one of those crotchety old pilots, so I can say <laughs> that. And it was a great event. We put a ton up there. We had extra DJs, the sound, the lighting. You know, me being a semi-retired disc jockey, I know a little thing about sub-bass speakers and tweeters and, and laser lights and stuff. So that being said, we're going to do that again for the kids this year, the teenagers. We're trying to get something for the 14 to 19-year-olds. That will be on the north side of the hangar. There won't be a sand or beach, but it will be a, a nice sized tent with some good music and stuff that the kids can go hang out. I'm working on a coffee truck to have over there so the kids can get their fancy, uh, you know, frappuccinos and all that stuff. Get them all caffeined up before they go home. Yeah. And uh, once again, let's just let the kids be kids up there and have fun. We don't need to be worried about anything they might be doing that they're not doing somewhere else or that their mom and dad didn't do in the eighties or seventies or nineties, you know? So (laughs) they just need a space and that's good. So the techno tent will be coming back. There was something else. Oh, the phone party. We're not doing the phone party, but that was something we came up with and we thought, wow, that would be a great idea for the teenagers. Well, it turned out to be the four or five year olds love the phone party. I can imagine. But four thousand dollars to do that phone party is a lot of money to spend, and and uh, and those toddlers just don't have it. <laughs> the year we tried the hot air balloons, that was a challenge. Oh, I bet <laughs> we got them. Um, well, Barry, my Barry, tried to get. Uh, we got these pilots to come down. Beautiful hot air balloons. It took a lot of work to get them down there, and we got them all inflated. Of course, some rain came in. They ended up getting one off at about maybe for twenty minutes. It was off the ground, but due to the wind at that airport. It was not good to have hot air balloons down there, but we tried. So we've tried different things over the years. That's why I hear people say, oh, 
bring it back to Macomb Street. Oh, get some hot air balloons. Others, it's like, well, tried it, tried it, tried it. Oh, there's a good idea. You know, so. That's right. Um, yeah. Well, some, some things that have been tried in the past. I, I know there was an exotic car company that, that you could drive on the airport back then. Yeah. I, I don't think that company's around anymore. That was fast track. It is not around. That was a good thing, too. That was where you could, I think it was like 50 bucks to do a lap and you could pick a Porsche or a Lamborghini or they had all these different exotic, you said exotic cars. And yeah, they would take you down. That was another thing that I didn't care to do. I went in the test drive because they take you in a truck so you can go around the course. Well, that truck guy's doing 60, 70 miles an hour on that runway. And to me, that was just not exciting. That was thrilling enough. Yeah, that was thrilling enough. I didn't need to do it at 100 miles an hour in a race car. So, but yeah, that was always fun. I mean, that was kind of a step up from the donkey races when they used to do the donkey yeah. races back in the day. And if I remember right, 2019, I think Ford brought out some vehicles and, and did some test test drives. That was set up through, I, I can't. One of the school groups, wasn't it? It was one of the school groups set that up. Yes. And they did it outside the fence at Island Fest. During the festival itself, the only people we like to get through those gates are like the bands to set up or food vendors to drop things off. At one time, that parking lot around that hangar was nothing but a parking lot. And over a few years, I said myself, I don't like the whole visual. To me, a lot of it is visual, too. Like you and I talked before we went live here about cords hanging all over and stuff like that. And the rain coming in in the hangar. They did fix the roof on the hangar. And there's no big puddles, I hope, anymore. So, but yeah, that was done by a school group. And it was a test drive. One of the newer Ford vehicles that you said about. I mean, I like when they, people think outside of the box yeah. like that. So we there's some- there's a variety of things that happen at Island Fest over the years. So, Well, well let me put this out there. Marino, Mokia, uh, M-O-C-C-I-A, he called me the other day. And he said, we want to bring a race car in for the kids. And we want to park it by the hangar, in the hangar. And we're going to let the kids draw on the hood. They're going to be able to write their names on the hood. Then the following weekend, they're going to race that car at the Flat Rock Speedway. All right. I thought great idea the kids will love autographing that hood but of course we have to make sure the logistics are good that the car doesn't have gas in it etc 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 but uh yeah so that's an exciting thing so shout out to marino we're glad that you are at austin it's austin i'm sorry marino's his brother austin and his uh landscaping company is the one sponsoring that so that'll be something to look forward to in the hangar oh that's excellent on the race car and then watch it race the next week that's great. So two more questions. Um, these yeah. these are these are more about you. So uh, what is your favorite food or drink at Island Fest? Man. <laughs> the uh, hardest question. That's that's it. I'm not a skinny mini like I used to be, and I'm thinking I love all the foods, but my go-to food are the hot French fries. Yeah, I love the hot French fries. And you can't go wrong with vodka. I mean, uh, Coca-Cola, yeah. <laughs> and well, there, so is the uh, the the pineapple drink, um, that stand, <laughs> it doesn't sound like they're here this year. No, the big watermelons where they cut them all yeah. down. Yeah. yeah. I thought the whole novelty was kind of cool. There will be the beer tank. Uh, the VFW is not running it this year because they don't have the manpower, and that's sad to hear. Yeah. But I had told you what we're going to do with some of those funds, and that will that's not going to be spoken about just yet. But I think yeah. some of the uh, sports groups are going to be very excited, and that's all I'll say. Excellent. And there will be – we had done the Buddha Bar a couple of years, which was a, a tropical-themed Buddha. Uh, plus we will have adult liquor, too. So there's the beer, wine, what are those white claw things, that, <laughs> that all that 
So that's all going to be there. So just come down, drink responsibly, have some of those hot, greasy fries and a gyros and turkey on a stick or whatever those things are, you know, and uh, it'll be good. It'll be and, good. and I'm sure Rob won't be disappointed if a bunch of people need GI lift that night. Uh, he will not. There's multiple companies and uh, yes, GI lift is great to get people to where they need to go. So this means it's we're to the last question. And the last question I ask in every interview has to do with a wish. So if you had a wish you could give that you could grant for the island, uh, either for the community, for the island itself, uh, maybe just for Island Fest, what what kind of wish would you would you want to grant? You asked me this question when we talked about doing the well, interview. I wanted you to get prepared for it. I wish for everyone to just come and have a good time, be responsible, appreciate each other. We need this. I'm going to be emotional because I'm one of those guys. Um, <laughs> we, So many of us have been stuck in our homes. We haven't been able to get out and do something. So I just wish everybody to be safe, be well, have fun, and enjoy this festival. If you're not, don't feel comfortable coming, that's okay. That's all right. You know, we respect that. Most of us respect that, you know, but I just wish for a good time for everybody on June 4, 5, and 6 of 2021. As corny as that sounds, that's my wish. <laughs> oh, it's perfect. It's perfect. Well, thank you for making room in your incredibly busy schedule to talk about Island Fest today. Hopefully in, in the next season, we'll talk about your home, uh, which is amazing, and the history and the legend of it. Yeah. And and Chad, I want, I want you to know that I appreciate you and I appreciate the whole team that goes together to, to get Island Fest. And I, I want you to know that we all see how far you've gone out of your way to give the island that extra bit of fun. And I want you. to thank you so much. It doesn't take a village. It takes an island. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Ben. See you at festival, buddy. All right. I, definitely. Absolutely. Right. I'll tell you this. I'm really disappointed it's taken me this long to meet Chad. While we were doing the interview, he had platinum records hanging on the wall right behind him. And we'll definitely get into that next time we talk. Now that you've got the scoop on Island Fest, I'll see you there. So I'm going to try to set up some sort of live event or activity for podcast listeners. Watch facebook.com slash WTDGI for updates. We have one more episode left in season one. And if you want to be more involved in making suggestions for season two, or do you want to hear episodes early, sign up for the Facebook group, What's the Deal, Gross Eel? What's the Deal, Gross Eel? is recorded and produced by me, Ben Fote. You can keep in touch with me through the What's the Deal, Gross Eel Facebook page, or email me at whatsthedealgi at gmail.com. You can share episodes from Facebook or hear them from the website, whatsthedealgi.com. And of course, it never hurts to subscribe so you can get the latest episodes through your favorite podcast delivery tool, like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and so many others. Our intro and credit music is Mocktails in the Rain by Anti Ludo, which is used through a Creative Commons license. Find more of his music on soundclick.com as Anti's Instrumentals. Thanks for listening to... What's the deal, Grosiel? <laughs>